Good morning, good afternoon, listeners, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another series in our programs for Emotion in Motion. You are listening to Charlotte, and it is the beginning of January, and we are really well into 2013, and I'd like to wish each and every one of you an awesome and very yummy year, and I sincerely hope that it brings you lots of joy and lots of stress release and new ways of being and doing and accessing a consciousness that takes you beyond your wildest fantasies. Tonight we are listening to Colleen Dawson. Colleen Dawson has a degree in biology life sciences and has been teaching for many years in a high school in Zimbabwe. And with her over 30 years experience, not only has she done all of that, she's also been in publishing, in publishing books and textbooks regarding biology, and has started writing her own. So, Colleen Dawson, welcome to you, and thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's a pleasure, Charlotte. Lovely to be here. Thank you. And to our audience, I suppose you don't know what we're going to be talking about, but we're going to be talking about the effects of stress on your body. So we're going to use the body as almost like a cake baking exercise. So for all the gents out there who don't know what it means to bake a cake or how to bake a cake, I'd like to suggest you grab a recipe book and maybe follow through with us or maybe try something out and you'll get to understand exactly the complexities of life. And Colleen, over to you. Tell us about how the body actually responds, what, how the body works um, and then what sort of happens when it gets into uh, stress states and things that could affect it? So, Okay. Um, well, I'll start by saying, you know, the body responds to stress um, when anything uh, throws it off balance. And those things can be an injury, um, an infection. It can be fear. Uh, it can be extreme exercise. And it can be pain. So there's a lot of things that uh, contribute to the stress response in the body. And I think I should start by saying, too, that we're we, we are all going to experience stress no matter what happens in our lives. But what we, we want to be able to do is reduce stresses that we can control and um, watch our bodies and see how they respond so that we can deal with uh, the stress when it happens. So when when something stresses us, as I say, injury, infection, even cold or heat, um, there's a part of the brain called the hypothalamus, which is a small part of the brain right in the center of it. And it really rings an alarm bell in the body. You know, the stress, we see it, we feel it, we hear it, and the hypothalamus starts ringing the alarm bells and, and turns on part of the nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system. So we, you know, this is a complex thing. If you want to go to the cake baking analogy, um, you know, you have to get a balance in the cake between the dry ingredients, the liquids, um, the fats, and the proteins. So we look at the complexities and the interrelationships in the body between um, the brain and then the rest of the nervous system. Um, the nervous system, in response to stress, re releases adrenaline. And we've all heard about adrenaline and that adrenaline rush that, that makes our heart beat faster. It raises our blood pressure. Um, it uh, removes the blood flow to the skin. So it restricts blood flow to the skin. We often look a lot paler depending on what color our skin is. And the blood um, 
the blood is actually um, taken away from the skin, also taken away from the intestines and the kidneys and the digestive system and uh, redirected to the places that we might need to use, for example, muscles um, when we're under stress. So that's where we get this so-called fight-or-flight response. Um, you know, we get ready to either fight or flee, and we don't want our body busy digesting food and thinking too hard. We want the muscles full of blood uh, ready to go. Okay, so that's that's. I'm also hearing the, the perfect opportunity for our listeners to understand to actually sit down and enjoy a meal and relax. Absolutely. So that they don't are eating on the eating run. Eating on the run you know? um, adds stress to the body, actually, because it, you're then trying to digest your food and, and carry on doing whatever you normally do, you know, working, like sitting, eating lunch at your desk in front of your computer. Very bad idea. Even five minutes, ten minutes away can um, can make a difference to how well you digest your food and coming back then allowing the blood back into your brain to start thinking about your work again. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and when our minds, when we are more relaxed in, in, in doing it and isolating it, so it's kind of like one thing at a time. So for those of us that like to multitask, um, you can see Ab- the effects of having Absolutely, on our yeah, multitasking <laughs> is, uh, it has its good points and sometimes it's necessary, but um if we can avoid that, that, you know, in terms of dealing with stress and repeated and ongoing stress, it's a very um, important thing to reduce in our lives is that multitasking. Um, so what, what goes on from, um, you know, this release of adrenaline? Once the, the immediate uh, stress is removed, if you've been injured or... You know, you have to fight and and that's over um, or you're getting beyond the um, into the chronic stage. Um, The body has to now fix up what's causing the stress. Um, If if the body has lost blood, say if you are injured and you're losing blood, uh, your kidneys have to keep whatever water they can, not make urine at a very fast rate, but slow it down. And so what happens then is that the hypothalamus um, speaks to the, the adrenal glands and to the kidneys and makes a, an antidiuretic hormone, a hormone that prevents water loss from the body. So that's one way the body has naturally of dealing with blood loss, for example. Um, okay. Another thing that happens um, as you are stressed and whatever way you're stressed is that the body needs it's to use up any glucose that's stored. Glucose is the, the sugar that the body turns all stored food into, in your muscles, in your liver, around your belly, and so on. Um, and it needs the energy from stored glucose to heal damaged cells. Um, so the hypothalamus and the adrenal glands work together, releasing appropriate hormones to um, – to help balance out the sugar in, in the blood. Um, the hypothalamus will release a growth hormone and the adrenal cortex, the, the inner part of the adrenal gland, releases a hormone called cortisol, which you often hear about in terms of 
discussing stress. Um, cortisol then is is a hormone that um, helps balance. Its main job in the body is balancing, keeping the blood sugar balanced, um, and it also suppresses the immune system. However, and so when cortisol is formed in large amounts during a stressful situation, it does suppress your immune ones. That it stops the white blood cells from fighting off infection. Um, it stops, uh, you know, white cells from um, dealing with anything foreign in the blood. And it, if you are in a continually stressful situation. And cortisol is being made, you know, over time. Your immune system is really compromised, and so it's a lot easier for you to succumb to infections and become ill. And so that's that's where it's it's in that cortisol response that um, we see where illness comes from in when when one's under continued stress. Um, Oh my word! So the, the idea of of understanding that the hormones actually affect the blood sugar, which affects your immune system. It, so that's a lot of information. As for our listeners to, to yeah, observe, um, let me maybe try and simplify it or separate it again. Maybe we can go back to the cake baking uh, analogy. Um, cortisol, yes, yes, cortisol has has those two functions. You know, it's. Its positive function under normal circumstances is um, regulating or partially regulating the blood sugar levels. Um, but in a stressful situation, and I suppose that would be a bit like the baking powder in a, in a cake recipe. Its main function is to uh, lift the, the cake, uh, produce air, make a light cake. Um, too much baking powder and baking powder that's left too long, for example, if you mix up your cake and leave it for a long time with the baking powder up, is that the whole thing just falls flat um, and and you're in, left with a very hard, uh, airless sort of a cake. And that's how cortisol acts over time, by suppressing the immune system in that way. Um, so, and, and so cortisol is uh, wow. a very important, Important and very, um, uh, it's important to regulate it, and it's the main one of the main hormones that it's very important, you know, to keep your stress levels um, low and to manage your stress. It is really important to keep the cortisol from being active in your blood all the time. Um, it, uh, you know, it's. What can I say about that? Because it suppresses the immune system, it's related to the uh, substance called cortisone, it's, which is also a steroid. And in the, way, in the same way that cortisol uh, suppresses the immune system, so cortisone is often given to people where they, for example, have a, a rash, an itchy rash that uh, a doctor can't identify. And... Cortisone is given to reduce the body's um, immune response to something that's creating that rash. Um, so, so the cortisol acts in that way, but it doesn't, of course, when you're given cortisone, it doesn't necessarily get to the underlying cause. 
Um, yeah, no, they definitely, it's, it's, it's putting it on the surface. It's not actually going to the root reason as to why there's an imbalance. Exactly. Um, something else I want, to, I want to ask you here, if cortisol um, works on partially regulating the blood sugar and the opposite effect is of it, the negative effect of when it's uh, um, out of balance is suppressing the immune system, what is the effect on uh, one's blood sugar, you know, for the, the type 2 diabetics? Because for our listeners out there, type 2 diabetes is often brought on by stress. So um, I'm just wondering, Colleen, if there is a, a link here um, with stress and the, the cortisol yes. balance, um, what actually plays a major factor in it there? Yeah, the, what the cortisol is doing um, if, if there's continued stress on, on the body and helping take people into type 2 diabetes is that it, it um, continually keeps the blood sugar high and it continually keeps blood sugar from being um, properly stored in the muscles and so on so so it's always keeping um, it's always keeping your muscles and your uh, um, nervous system ready to fight um, but that means is that your you know the blood sugar is always there and you continue to feel hungry because it's not being stored up you continue feeling hungry and then continue eating uh, in order to get more sugar into your blood. So it's got, so it actually increases uh, blood sugar over time, if, if that makes sense. Um, it doesn't allow for the storage, the normal storage of sugar that should, at, uh, should take place after you've eaten um, when, you know, the uh, pancreas kicks in to remove blood sugar from your blood and store it up um, into your muscles and liver for a time when you might need. Um, so cortisol, you know, the, the overproduction of cortisol continues to, to um, keep a high level of blood sugar so you're ready to, to flee from the stress, um, and, but keeps you feeling hungry at the same time. And so that's where people overeat. And often type 2 diabetes is associated with, eating too much and, and being overweight. Um, mm-hmm. um, I also heard you mention the pancreas. So the effects of, of the, the hypothalamus and the adrenal glands um, not only affects our, our water, and that also means from a weight point of view, water retention. Yes. Um, if I'm hearing you correctly, that water retention can go haywire. Absolutely. And it affects your pancreas, which affects your blood sugars. Mm. So if you're looking at... The, the pancreas, what are the sort of things that, which part of the cake, shall we say, are we working with when we look at once the baking powder, what about the growth hormone? How has that affected um, as the cake baking? Okay, the growth hormone. Um, let's see how we can um, look at uh, the other hormones. I think what um, when you're making a cake, you need something like an egg yolk often or milk with a protein that sticks binds everything together um, and too much of the growth hormones or cortisol or you know almost any other hormone prevents the binding from taking place <clears throat> so it would be like trying to make a cake just with okay. you know flour and water and sugar um, it wouldn't stick together it, it wouldn't produce that nice spongy texture that we associate with a cake. 
Um, it's and so, so also when I'm thinking here, Colleen, is that when somebody eats, um, when they go into the space where they're hungry and, you know, because mm. they're imbalanced and maybe not hungry for the right things, um, what I'm seeing in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, is we just feed anything we feel at the moment. So we are putting a lot of ingredients into this bowl and none of them may be necessarily the right things at the right time to make sure that that cake is baked or might be too much of, yeah. That's um, often um, the kind of hunger one gets after stress, because such a lot of blood sugar has been released, then one is immediately hungry for the very instant sources of sugar, and that's often, um, you know, uh, refined sugars and refined uh, wheat products, so pastries, cakes, bread, that kind of thing. <clears throat> And what that does is, you know, just like putting too much flour into the cake, okay, it, it uh, again, makes the whole thing out of balance um, because you have to have that balance of flour and liquids and some kind of protein to stick it all together and a bit of fat mm. in there as well. Um, mm. Yeah, so that hunger is often um, because of uh, the, the need to replace the the sugars, which are then, you know, being taken out immediately by the cortisol and kept uh, in the body rather than being so stored. That, mm, sorry? So, so does that mean the pancreas doesn't get to do its job or doesn't get opportunity to be useful in its full potential? Right. What's happening to the oral pancreas here is that it's working in opposition to the to cortisol. Um, it's producing in insulin to remove sugar from the blood, but the stress continues to try and keep uh, sugar in the blood. So those hormones then are fighting with each other, and it means then both the pancreas and the, the um, adrenal gland are working overtime, um, and, and that then can lead to the damage that leads to uh, uh, diabetes, particularly type 2 diabetes. Um, the damage that can take place with the cortisol is that it it almost um, keeps the adrenal gland working over time producing cortisol. And even when stress is removed, um, the cortisol keeps being uh, uh, produced. And a common symptom of that and what people will know as a stress thing is is that feeling of waking up suddenly at three in the morning. You may have gone to sleep very nicely, but at two or three in the morning you wake up and you, you don't just wake up and think, oh, I'm awake. You wake up immediately ready to 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 run, you know, just with a huge kind of tension or that fight or flight feeling again. And that's when you know if that's happening to you on any kind of regular basis, then you know that there's ongoing stress that needs to be addressed in the body. Um, okay. So, so from a um, the hormone point of view, um, if we look at our cake, we've put the baking powder in, we've put just the right amount of it, yes. and are looking at um, uh, combining an egg yolk into it. Mm. Um, from from looking at our, our body as the final result of this beautiful cake um, that mm. comes out of the oven, what are the other factors that play a role in in our bodies that we in, as in the human condition, physically, we can actually mm. affect. Okay. Well, just like the 
take, you know, you need to get the right balance of ingredients into it. So, and then they need to be mixed and not left just to sit and to stew, um, but actually put into an oven at a correct temperature. Um, so I suppose with, with the body, we need to get all the right ingredients to um, keep our stress levels at a reasonable uh, level. And, and then we need to also be able to um, deal with the stress and move on. So if we suppress stress or just allow stressful situations to continue, it's like leaving the, the mixed-up cake sitting in the bowl outside on the kitchen counter without getting it into the pan and into the oven. And that then allows the baking powder to overact. The flour starts um, being um, broken down into sugars and it loses some of the the properties that make the nice spongy cake. Um, and the whole thing starts going a bit flat. Okay. Mm. And then the other part of that is, you know, like looking after yourself. The cake needs to be put in the oven at the correct temperature. Um, you know, I, I know people who are inexperienced at baking who've, who've tried to bake a cake and left themselves too little time to bake it. So they think, okay, well, if it takes 30 minutes at 180 degrees, maybe it'll only take 20 minutes at 220 degrees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> okay, so there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You know, it, it takes time. To, you have to deal with everything because what the 220 degrees does with the cake is it burns the outside but leaves the inside not cooked. Um, and if we, uh, uh, you know, are not looking after ourselves, if we think, I mean, it would be like thinking I can just eat one huge meal a day to save time and not, you know, not eat three meals a day, for example. It doesn't work. Your body won't handle that very well um, for all kinds of reasons. So. Um, that's very. That's a very important uh, point that you brought up there. That one meal a day is is not gonna not gonna make it. It's it's not gonna shape it for your bodies. Anyone who's listening, it is really really important for you to balance it. And and I'm hearing again, it's mixing the right ingredients. It's balancing it in a way that gives you um, the right mixture that can actually be baked at the right temperature. So if your body is like this cake, and you are looking at Wanting to balance it, you need to remember the effects of your endocrine system because what we're talking about with the hormones, listeners, is our endocrine system. And your endocrine yes. system is an excretory system. So it excretes hormones. Um, and, uh, Colleen, from, from your um, scientific point of view, mm. um, what other systems in the body are affected when our hormones are affected? Because the yeah. endocrine system is one system in our body. Yes, so the endocrine system is an interesting one. It does, it releases these hormones. And for example, when adrenaline is released, um, it affects the nervous system and it affects the circulatory system. Okay. It affects the nervous system in that it, in a way, for example, in an injury, um, the nervous system almost will shut down at the site of the injury so that, for example, you could remove yourself by from from the um, whatever is injuring you, using your muscles and forgetting about the pain of the injury. Um, mm. So the endocrine system from the hypothalamus, the um, uh, adrenaline helps to uh, 
shut down some of the nervous system. It also helps to um, raise your heartbeat, okay? Your heartbeat and blood pressure go up, but only to, in specific ways. That's why I, I said earlier that, um, for example, the blood flow to the skin will be reduced. Um, the blood flow to the intestines and the digestive system will be reduced. So we've got the circulatory system and the nervous system and the digestive system all affected um, by hormones um, because hormones are released from the, the organs where they're made, such as the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, the adrenal gland. The hormones are reduced into the blood, and the blood, of course, takes them to every part of the body. Um, okay. And... And that's how, in fact, it's through the adrenal, the endocrine system, really, that the the body is um, connected as a whole. It's the kind of thing that's binding it all together because you know cortisol can be produced in, for example, the adrenal gland, but it, it is um, then taken all over the body. It affects the liver. It affects the brain. Um, it uh, affects you know all the organs, the heart, and so on. So, okay. um, so, so what I'm hearing um, here is the cake, the temperature. The temperature mm. by, which, by which everything works together is very important. Yes. So there's no shortcuts. And to understand that when you shortcut, um, when you think that you're going to put a Band-Aid on this broken bone, um, it's not going to work. So it's to understand that what you're putting into your body is also being used um, and worked on from the inside so that your, your endocrine system functions correctly in a way that feeds your nervous system to its optimum and as a result, and your digestive system as a result so mm. that the circulation in your blood stays consistent to keep the temperature yeah. of the cake in the oven consistent. I think, yeah, consistent and, and at the right level, not too hot, not too cool. Um, I think that's, that's really important. The thing about balance. Now, you know, all the systems of the body, um, you know, work to keep your body in a, in a balance because there's a, a temperature at which your body works best. In the case of the body, it's 37 degrees, you know, cake baking usually around 180 degrees. But if your body temperature goes much higher than 37, you know, in the case of a fever, for example, a lot of your body systems don't work very well. Um, <clears throat> if your blood sugar has wild variations, and that would be, for example, in the case of eating one meal a day, or, you know, I feel hungry now, and I go and eat a huge packet of sugary sweets, I get such a burst of sugar at that time, that the body really has to work incredibly hard to deal with all that uh, sugar, um, and, and get it out. Um, so that's why it's better to eat regularly, so the body can continually be using sugars where they're needed, storing up what isn't needed, excreting what isn't needed, um, keeping the, the blood concentration of water, sugar, salt, and so on constant. Um, so, yeah, the body likes things to be fairly constant. Um, okay. So, so um, yeah, sorry. No, no problem. The, the, um, when we're looking at the body and its nervous system, if we move on a little bit to the nervous system, mm. Um, the nervous system is, of course, affected because of the blood flow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and our digestive system as well. 
It is. Um, you know, saying, starting with the nervous system, for example, um, uh, cortisol or the stress hormones that run around the body are picked up all over the body by stress hormone receptors in, in various organs and cells. And the brain has a lot of stress receptors. What happens often um, is that the things that shut down in the brain are the learning functions and the memory functions. When we're under too much stress, um, the parts of the brain that remember things, you know, where we have a, we've done something so often that no matter how stressed we are, we can still run away, for example. But we're not going to sit and learn a new language when we're under severe stress because um, that part of our brain has been shut down in the same way that when we're under severe stress, you know, an an injury, excessive exercise, an infection, we're not going to digest food very well because the stress hormone stress hormones affect the digestive system by stopping the production of uh, digestive enzymes and restricting blood flow to the digestive system so that the area in the body that's being stressed can be dealt with. Um, so, so stress has those effects of shutting down the less essential functions and making sure that the most essential functions for dealing with the stress are put into play. Um, I, if that makes sense, maybe you want to clarify that a little bit more. Yes, yes, yes. So, so for our, our listeners, um, and Colleen, feel free to correct me mm. when uh, if I go if I'm incorrect. Mm. The 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 results of your your the neurons in your mind um, also because we are thinking also never mind the fact that a physical a physical manifestation of a stress situation may have occurred. We then internalize it into our minds, mm. and that affects our neurons, which then affects our nervous system, and um, as a result, our circulation goes totally haywire because it's not doing its normal, relaxed, uh, balanced uh, way of working and it's not consistent. So we stop the flow of natural um, blood in our, in our system and uh, it's natural that because we are focusing only on the stress situation that our mind is going to switch off to the certain functions which would normally carry us through. Absolutely. Natural way. Um, I, an example of of that learning and memory function under stress that you know might our listeners might respond to is um, thinking of sports people. Okay, when you get into a really tense, say, tennis match or a really tense soccer match where you really need to get a point, um, so you're under real stress there, um, either as a team or as an individual, depending on the kind of sport. And what kicks in there? You can't learn then. You can't learn how to kick the ball or hit the ball to the right place. You have to have practiced and practiced and practiced. So you just know that. And that is part of your, your automatic memory. So when your learning uh, situation, your learning brain shuts down under that kind of stress, what kicks in is, is the, it's almost automatic in the same way that, you know, um, running is automatic. You know, you're trained so well that it's just automatic that you take in the whole situation and you kick that ball and you kick it into the right place, into the goal. Um, 
So and it's no time for learning. And occasionally you do see sports people hesitating and looking and thinking, where shall I hit this ball to? Where shall I hit this ball to? And the opportunity has gone. Um, so, so, so it would be quite nice for our, our listeners to understand here that the, the things that you are uh, unconsciously competent with mm. is are the kind of things which keep the regulation going. Yes. So if you have practiced, and, and if I can use this as a healthy solution for our listeners, that if you have practiced making three small meals a day, if, if it's easier for you than one, mm. that's part of keeping the habit, the habitual cycle going, which you don't have to think about. You can still function. Um, it's like brushing your teeth in the morning. It still happens. Those things still happen. And when you get extreme stress, those things are going to be interfered with. So it's very important to understand that anything which you are know you are competent with to actually draw on that and mm-hmm. to manifest and, and to continually recycle what you know you can do. I mean, nobody takes those mm-hmm. skills away from you. Those no, naturally no. Those, you know, so to understand that you can do it. You've done it once, you can do it again. Absolutely. I think those skills and habits are really, really important. And it may be like brushing your teeth, eating three meals a day, eating three healthy meals a day. Um, when you're not so stressed, it's doing your yoga, doing your meditation, not drinking too much coffee, um, all of those kinds of things. If you make those a, a regular habit um, every day when you're not under stress and when you are under stress, you have a better chance of dealing with it because those things are the automatic things that you do. Um, and and so I think it's it's very important that we all set up those healthy uh, habits um, so that those are the things we revert to under stress. Um, because even if you overeat, if you overeat on salads and vegetables and fruits uh, when you're stressed, that's certainly not the same as overeating on pastries and cakes, um, you know, in terms of allowing your body to deal with the stress and to, to move on. Or if you meditate every day and you just keep that up through any stressful time in your life, um, that is going to have a beneficial effect and it's going to stop you from moving into more uh, harmful behaviors. Um, for example, eating a lot of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that, you know, really stress through the endocrine system, which is the first, well, through the nervous system, through the hypothalamus, and then through the endocrine system, which is taking hormones to every part of your body. You know, stress affects all the systems of your body. Um, and, and it even it affects your ability to learn things and remember things. Um, mm. it's, it's good for students or any of us who are trying to learn something, to remember that, that putting ourselves under stress is not going to help us learn. Um, we need to to keep on our regular uh, routine lives, and we will learn things a lot better. Um, Colleen, could I ask you one another solution? We're talking about balance for our, our listeners here. And one more question, if I may ask, regarding a solution. The effects of, we know the effects of meditation, which stills our mind, which gives our mind uh, a time to sort of catch up with what's going on in the mind and, and, you know, sort of balance out and feed all the the different hormones. What are the the positive attributes of doing a moderate amount of exercise every day? Absolutely essential. 
when we say moderate, what is moderate? Well, moderate, I would say, would be, say, half an hour of walking um, or half an hour of yoga, uh, um, you know, those kinds of exercises. Two hours of running is not moderate. That's stressful, um, although it, it can be a stress release at the same time. But, um, you know, even an hour of walking a day makes a huge difference to, um, yes. to people's stress. And what, what that does is it, it gets your muscles moving. Any kind of exercise will get your muscles moving in a positive way, in the non-stressful way. Um, and it allows then the body to calm down. It, it, ra- it also raises your heartbeat nat- uh, to, um, in a regulated way, not a, a severe way in, in the way that stress gets your heartbeat going. But it's getting your heartbeat going, but then the blood is being taken to the, the muscles, the oxygen's being used, the sugars are being used in your muscles where it's supposed to be used. Um, and it, it is the best possible thing that you can do. Um, I think exercise, I would say, beyond all else, is, is a, a wonderful, healthy stress uh, management tool. But as I say, that doesn't necessarily mean two hours of running or, um, you know, two hours of a hectic squash game or something like that. Whereas those can be a stress release. They do add stress at the same time. Yeah. So also the understanding is that when you exercise, listeners, you are excreting some of the stored up energy in your body that maybe hasn't been used, maybe because you've got a sedentary kind of job. Yes. Um, or maybe you on, on a, a, the phone, uh, doing telecells or something like that where you're on the phone and you're always dealing with other people. So Absolutely. when you go to do a little bit of exercise and a little bit of meditation or breathing, mm-hmm. um, you are giving your body an opportunity to get rid of what it doesn't need in a healthy way. Um, and also being outside in sunlight. Um, if you've got sun, no matter where you are in the world, there's always sunshine at some time of the day. To grab yeah. it, to go outside and, and to allow your physical body to be fed um, with the vitamins from the sun. Is it vitamin D we get from the sun, Colleen? Um, in South That's Africa, we, we don't have to worry about getting too little vitamin D, but in a lot of European countries, in countries with severe winters, um, you know, people do probably need to supplement their diets with vitamin D. But but I like your idea. You're quite right, Charlotte, to get outside in whatever daylight there is and keep keep yourself, um, you know, in tune with the natural cycle in, in whatever, um, you know, country that you live in, um, whatever the daylight hours are, um, to be in tune with that. Um, and Yes. So for our, our listeners to, to sum it up for you, that understanding now that what Colleen has shared with you from a scientific point of view, that any stress does have an effect on your body. And yes, there are times and places for the stress and natural stress to happen. Physically, it manifests in your body in a certain way. And it is ownership of yourself and responsibility to yourself to understand that it is affecting you and not to go into denial that you can cope with just anything. The reality is, our bodies are like a cake, and when you put it into the oven, it is up to you to watch it. It's up to you to bake it. It's up to you to make sure that you, you give it the right ingredients, that you've set it, that you watch it and take mm-hmm. care of it. Um, understanding that 
on a physical level, there are things that you can do to help your body cope with what, what is natural stress for our lives. One of the things is daily exercise. Get outside, get in tune with nature, get to understand that this is a natural flow of life. Get to understand that feeding your body what it needs, foods of, of that give your body life and energy, um, healthy foods, not refined foods, those do the exact opposite to your system. To understand that you have the choice as to how you're going to treat your body in moments of stress. You can go into your cave and withdraw and refuse to bake the cake anymore, or you can stand up and say that I'm going to do little bits every single day, little things that make a difference to my life. And when you start earning your life and your physical body and you step out and you say, I can make a small difference to myself every day, you will understand how easy it is for you to make a difference to other people's lives. So, Colleen, is there anything you would like to add in closure? Um, I think you've summed that up beautifully, Charlotte. Um, and it, it is all about keeping that balance, <clears throat> um, uh, putting behaviors in place when you're not so stressed so that when you do become stressed, they are the habit for, the habits that you fall back on, the healthy habits that you fall back on. Um, yeah, and, and understanding that we're all going to be under stress a lot of the time and we do have to manage it. Um, so I think, I think you've summed it up very well there. Yeah. Thank you. And, and to our listeners out there, um, if you ever see Colleen's name in a book, you know she's contributed it. For those of you that read textbooks for high school students and scientific things, Colleen, would you like to tell us uh, some of the titles of the books that you've contributed to or that you've written that our, our listeners might be able to go out there and look for? Well, most of the books that are, in fact, I think nearly all of the books that I've, I've contributed to are school textbooks um, published in South Africa by... Heinemann Publishers, um, by Matthew Miller, Longman Publishers, and by um, Kahiso Publishers. So they're not, you know, easily available. Um, in fact, I suppose at this time of year, the shops that stock textbooks, you can go and ask for like a, a grade 11 or 12 um, textbook uh, if you're interested in reading more about this. Um, but most of the books are designed for school students. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that they're not just out there for it. In fact, it gives me the idea I should write one for the general public. I think we've planted a seed in your garden. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <It sounds like. laughs> so, so to our listeners out there, a big, very big thank you to Colleen for sharing your very valuable information with us. And listeners, we went, we've gone back to roots. We've gone back to where it actually matters and where it counts. So for those of you that uh, rush off to the doctor at every little call that you get, start thinking about what you're doing with your body before you get to that point and if you can shift it yourself. Colleen, thank you so, so much for being with us this evening. It has been um, an absolute privilege, and um, we look forward to speaking to you again and look forward to your book being on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Charlotte. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.